On your Tuesday episode of Locked On Raptors, the most Raptors-y prospect to ever prospect is rising up the draft boards. Will the Raptors be the ones to land him at 13? Or could his rise actually help them get a player who will fit what they need? We'll get into all that on today's episode of the show. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on and welcome to another episode of locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day i am your host sean woodley i've been covering the toronto raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms you can find all my work over on twitter at woodley sean you can follow the show on instagram at locked on raptors and you can join the growing locked on raptors discord community it's free to do all you got to do is go to the link in the description download the discord app i suppose as well you can do it on a browser and come hang out it's a really wonderful time we're talking about all the different off-season machinations for the raptors uh stray thoughts about very silly band names that's like just the sample of the last 24 hours in the Locked On Raptors Discord. Come hang out. It's super fun, super friendly, and uh, we'd love to have you in there. So thanks in advance for joining. Uh, You can also go and support the show by subscribing, following, rating, reviewing for free on your favorite podcast apps and, of course, on YouTube to get the video feed of the show each and every day and today's show is brought to you by our pals over at game time download the game time app create an account and use the code locked nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right on today's show we continue with our individual player draft deep dives looking today at Bilal Koulibaly, who of course is the teammate of Victor Wembanyama over with Metropolitans 92 in France. And by virtue of playing next to Victor Wembanyama, who every scout in the world has been watching all season long, it seems as though there's a bit of a rise happening for Koulibaly right now up draft boards. And it could very much impact the Raptors, not just because the Raptors could very well take him. As I mentioned off the top, he's like the Raptorsiest prospect ever, which I don't think actually excites me considering the current situation of the team, but we'll examine why that is. Uh, But even if the Raptors don't end up being the team to take Koulibaly, he could be someone who knocks a couple guys down towards the Raptors' range in the lottery, which could be helpful as well. We'll get into all that. Uh, Just a quick update on the coaching talk, which we had yesterday, of course. Uh, It turns out it doesn't seem like maybe Jordi Fernandez is actually... Part of the final conversation, Doug Smith reporting that he was not brought back for a final interview this week. Uh, Of course, the Sacramento Kings assistant coach. Shout out to the listener in the comments who dutifully noted that we've been pronouncing Jordi Fernandez's name incorrectly. I truthfully had never heard it said out loud before. I was just going off of what was on the page. Uh, Jordi Fernandez. That's, yeah, just apologies to Jordi Fernandez and everyone who's uh, offended by my mispronunciations. Either way, doesn't seem like we're going to have that problem anyway. You know, always a chance the Raptors could circle back. I wouldn't mind if they did, because I think Fernandez was kind of top of my list as far as favorite potential candidates. But uh, per Doug Smith at the Toronto Star yesterday, he's not part of that final group. It seems as though the Vegas odds are tilting towards Kenny Atkinson and Sergio Scariolo. Darko Ryakovich still in there as well, but we'll see. 
I don't have the energy to dive more into the coach talk, honestly, right now. Let's just wait and see who the dude is, then we'll react as such when that happens, hopefully by the end of the week. So, let's pivot now back into draft stuff and get into a prospect who I understand the hype completely on. (laughs) And part of me is like, maybe the Raptors should just take him. I like this kind of player quite a bit, but ultimately... It would be, I think, a bit of a muddling decision for the Raptors as far as what it means for their future going forward. And honestly, just kind of like a missed opportunity to get some help in the door to affect a a position of need that the Raptors badly need, which is shooting and guard play, shooting and guard play, shooting and guard play. We've said it a million times. The tail of the tape on Metropolitan 92 wing Bilal Koulibaly is. He's a 6'7", 6'8", wing. Measurements vary, but 6'7", 6'8", is pretty safe. Uh, he, again, has been teammates with Victor Wembanyama this season. Won't be 19 until a month after the draft. So one of, if not the youngest players in this year's class. And as we talked about a few weeks ago with Rafael Barlow, we'll actually play a clip from that conversation about Koulibaly later in the show. Uh, but it's been a pretty meteoric rise here for the Frenchman as, you know, he kind of was originally slated as like a 2024 draft guy before really making an ascension in the back part of this season over in France. What basically happened over there is Metropolitans, which, you know, very good team, one of the better teams in France. Uh, they're in the final now. They just took down Asphel, which is, you know, what, like the sort of most famous and successful franchise in French basketball. They will be going to the finals, and Koulibaly was a big part of that. We'll get into that a little bit, but it's the second half of the season is where Bilal Koulibaly has really risen up because injuries on that French team kind of thrust him into action and he wasn't getting a ton of run early. You know, these leagues over in Europe, they're not just handing out minutes to young players. It takes a pretty special young player to grab a consistent role. The fact that Koulibaly is 18 years old and is impacting winning at a very high level in the French league is certainly very encouraging, Uh, but it has been sort of a a late season meteoric rise up the draft boards, you know, to the point now where Raphael Barlow has him going in the top 10, Uh, you know, lots of other folks kind of projecting him to go higher up the the thunder at number 12 seemed to be kind of a sweet spot as well. Um, Actually, I think Raphael technically has him at 12 in his most late his most recent mock draft on NBA big board. I think he has him higher on his, like his actual player board Um, right now. Kevin O'Connor has him going 15th to the Atlanta Hawks, but all the word is that there seems to be a bit of buzz around him rising up. The Utah Jazz at nine are being mentioned as a potential suitor for him with their thinking that there could still be a point guard available at 16, which is where the Raptors kind of come in, which we'll get to a little bit later on. Um, As far as like the style of player Koulibaly is like, look, again, I totally get it. I get why he would be someone of interest to specifically the Toronto Raptors. He does a lot of very Raptors-y things. He's also very raw. His three-point shot is untested and unproven. Again, all of these checkboxes that the Raptors tend to love to go for, and he profiles as the type of guy who personally, just kind of with my own personal flavor of what I like to watch in basketball, he seems like the type of dude who I would really enjoy watching the development of. So if the Raptors do go ahead and take him at 13, I won't think it's the right pick necessarily. It's also totally possible I'm wrong because we're all wrong about the draft all the time. Um, but, you know, even if it's not the right pick that I would have made, I'll still enjoy the experience of watching him kind of get into the league and get his feet wet because I think there's a lot to like here. That said, considering the state of the roster... 
I just don't think they can make a pick like this at 13 if Koulibaly is there. I think they have just such a surplus right now of one type of player by design, and I think that design is faulty in its sort of uh, imagination. And they just have such a notable lack of extremely important skills in the shooting and guard play department at a range in the draft that is rich in shooting and guard play. Look, to not take advantage of that, I I don't think I'd call it like unforgivable because that's really strong language to have about the 13th pick in the draft. And uh, it's every possibility that the pick ends up being the right pick down the line. But for me, it just feels like it'd be a missed opportunity to grab a player who brings skills that are unique to the Raptors roster that are not found elsewhere. The other thing, too, is if you're looking at sort of projections of what Koulibaly could be, if all goes right, if his development goes along perfectly, I feel like his like 80th or 90th percentile outcome is probably something very close to OG Ananobi. You know, flirt with 20 a game, play really well off the ball, compete for all defense teams. Like, that's the type of thing. If things go really well here for Koulibaly, that's like the upper tier of his outcomes. You know, OG Ananobi has hit a high upper range of his outcomes as a 22nd overall pick, whatever he was. 23rd? I can't remember. Um, Thing is, you already have OG Ananobi on the team. And, you know, I guess your mileage may vary as to whether you think the Raptors will keep him. I think their track record suggests they'd like to take care of their guys. Masai Ujiri has once said he would build a whole team out of OG Ananobis if he could. I think the Raptors are going to be inclined to want to keep OG. And I think his play down the stretch really hints at, okay, this guy fits whatever the Raptors are going to do with Scotty Barnes going forward. All the other questions aside, OG is a clear fit. If Jakob Pertl's on the team, he played so wonderfully off of him as well. And so if you feel like you've got a surefire chance of keeping OG here, which the Raptors' internal you know, brain trust would know more than I would, or any of us would, how likely that might be after agent conversations, you know, extension talks likely coming this summer, etc. Drafting someone like Koulibaly, who's going to be blocked at that position, presumably for the next five years if you keep OG, it's not to say you can't have multiple really good defensively versatile wings, but the Raptors already have that. And so... I just think they need to diversify the skill set they have on their roster more than anything else. And so unless you're really looking at OG as someone, A, you're going to trade this summer, or B, that you're worried is going to be a flight risk after next year, and you're looking for the replacement for him, then Koulibaly makes some sense. That said, there's no way Koulibaly becomes as good as OG does is for the next five years. Like, that's just not how this goes. He's 18 years old. It's going to take some time. And so with all that said... I don't think this is the pick for the Raptors at 13, but I would totally be unsurprised and unmoved if the Raptors actually did it because he ticks so many boxes that the Raptors typically love. Will it change with a new coach with Nick Nurse not being in there? You know, I I think the coach's influence on the draft is probably often overstated, so maybe it doesn't really matter, and we're kind of just going with what the philosophy of the front office is here, in which case... Koulibaly makes a ton of sense, but we'll get into the strengths, the weaknesses of his game in just a second here. We'll also get into that clip from Raphael, uh, his appearance on here, kind of detailing the reasons behind his meteoric rise of draft boards and uh, get into the concept of will he even be there at 13 for the Raptors? And if he's not, does it actually help them? We'll get into that in one moment. Before we dive in there, however, gotta tell you about our good pals over at Game Time, who have made buying tickets for sporting events so easy. It should have been easy all along, I'm telling you. It should not be a stressful thing to go and try to buy tickets for a sporting event, but 
Lo and behold, it is. You're worried about getting the right price. You're comparing on different apps and realizing, oh my God, it's this much over on this app, this much on this app, but the fees on this one are too much. No, game time cuts all that out because they have a game time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. There is no downside to using game time to buy the tickets for your next event, whether it is uh, football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. It's all there for you. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect as well. My wife and I are going to be doing this. I'm going to Seattle and Vancouver Island in August. We're going to Seattle to see a baseball game, and we're going to buy our tickets on Game Time because why wouldn't we? We get that lowest price guarantee. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time to get today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Thanks to the everyday listeners of the show for tuning in. If you are an everydayer, let us know in the comments. We very much appreciate your patronage of the podcast, your support. You're all wonderful people who are my best friend. Uh, all right, let's uh, dive on in now to the strengths and weaknesses as it stands for the constantly evolving and very young and very moldable still Bilal Koulibaly, again, the 6'8 wing from over in France, teammates with Victor Wembanyama. Uh, the big thing here is the defense, right? Like, he's massive. He's got, like, a 7'2 wingspan. He's versatile. He's strong. He's bouncy. He's got extreme hops, promising, you know, kind of in every element of defense. And, again, the, the, he, watching him play defense, it does, like, I understand the OG Ananobi comparisons. I hate player comparisons because they run against the sort of general thing that I like the most about basketball, which is that every player is unique and has their own style and brand. And so I don't love player comparisons, but you can see the little kernels of OG Ananobi in the way Bala Koulibaly plays, especially like the way he moves defensively. It's very graceful. It's very like effortless. OG, I think maybe kind of has a little bit more of like a bruising reputation, but the way that OG kind of handles ball handlers, smaller ball handlers in particular, that's where I kind of see the most cool believe is just like he's beautiful in the way he kind of has the footwork, the arms, like not really getting out of position, the way he can kind of get back on his back foot, then lurch forward to contest a shot. Like that stuff is sort of the movement that you're looking at with Koulibaly, which is very exciting. Also in line with the OG comparison is his play as an off-ball scorer. Uh, really good cutter, can get moving to the rim the way that we saw OG do so wonderfully. I mean, he's done it his whole career, but I think down the stretch with Jakob Pertl there throwing him passes, that was kind of the peak of the OG off-ball experience. And he's good at scoring within the, the three-point arc as well. 61% on twos, uh, can absolutely finish at the rim, can finish through contact. And, you know, that's where the Raptors are going to have to live as a team as long as they don't have shooting. And if they're not going to draft shooting with their 13th pick, it seems their long-term uh, resistance to having shooting on the team might continue. And so uh, that rim scoring will be super helpful, and he should play well off of Scotty Barnes, off of Jakob Pertl, off of Pascal Siakam. He's not going to be a type of guy who comes in and needs the ball a ton. Not that not that he'll play with the starters all that much anyway, probably out of the gate. But, um, you know, that that's, that's the sort of book on his offense. The off-ball stuff right now is pretty good. Another sort of comparison that comes to mind, again, I don't like, there's not a like-for-like like comp, and it would take a lot for Koulibaly to become this player, but he kind of reminds me of the way Aaron Gordon kind of, 
completes the picture for the Nuggets, the way he moves off the ball, can shoot threes. Um, and, and like I think that's a pretty high-end type of outcome here for Koulibaly as well. Again, these are all high-end. Everything goes right. This is where this guy ends up. Um, I think the fact, just the mere fact that he's succeeding right now in a high-level European league is not nothing. It's not like the Spanish ACB, but the French league is very good, and he's been crucial in helping Mets advance to the final of that league. That seems valuable and important to me. Like, this was, again, I don't want to make comparisons to players, but it's just, this is how my brain works. But, like, this was why Luka Doncic felt like such a no-brainer to anybody who wasn't the Suns or the Kings on draft night, or I guess the Hawks. Um, and, and it's that, like, he just dominated in Europe at 18 years old. It's not easy to do. These guys are not getting free passes on minutes. They have to earn them and then keep those minutes because there's like, grown-ass men playing over in these leagues that are always fighting for those minutes. There's former college stars and NBA you know, fringe guys and everything. These are grown men leagues. And, and so... For Koulibaly to be succeeding the way he is and really kind of hitting his stride, the crescendo of his season during this playoff run for Metropolitans, like that's that's really encouraging. Um, you know, I, I think he also seems to really understand his like offensive limitations from the film you watch. Shout out again to Hardwood Hoop Central for their two and a half hour smash cuts of highlights. Super fun to watch just to kind of get a good feel of a player. Um, and, and Koulibaly seems to not like commandeer the offense necessarily he'll just like all right ball swung to me i'm gonna go make the right play uh thing is he's got to make like the easy play because he doesn't have like an expansive bag when it comes to attacking closeouts and making things happen on the drive which we'll get to but um i i do think overall considering the success we've seen a guy like og have playing off of yakko Pertle, considering the way scotty barnes passes I think the fit for Koulibaly would be quite nice with the Raptors if they were to take him. You know, obviously not right away. He's not going to be someone who comes in next year and is putting up 15 a game for you. Uh, he's going to be one of the youngest players in the league. It's going to take him some time, but still encouraging stuff. A lot of it. It's it's a it's a really intriguing package from Koulibaly. You get to the concerns, and this is where my interest kind of drops off because I badly think the Raptors need to go for shooting and or guard play with this pick. I've been banging the drum. The entire draft lead up, they need to get some shooting and some guard play. If you can get both in one player, incredible. Koulibaly doesn't really offer either of those things. The three-point shot is not terrible. He shot about 34% this season on 114 total attempts across his competitions. It's tough to track. Again, he kind of didn't have a ton of rotation time early on. It's all very small sample stuff. You know, short, small volume, only like 40-something games, if that. And so it's a little bit hard to pin down what his actual shooting is going to look like. That said, 71% from the line across competitions. It's up. He was at like 58%, uh, I believe, the season prior in, in his play across all competitions. So a nice inc increase from the line. But 71% is not like incredible. It's not the sort of number you look at and say, oh, that guy projects as a no-brainer knockdown shooter. You get someone with like an 85-90% free throw percentage. You're, you're thinking, okay, they've got the touch to go and shoot threes at a pretty high level in the NBA. Remains to be seen. There's been some improve improvement there for Koulibaly for sure, but it's not like a sure-fire thing that he's going to be a knockdown down guy um that said we said that the same thing about og ananobi and look at him so there's that I, I think the biggest sort of red flag for me with koulibaly's game is that he just doesn't really seem to have great feel setting up others when he drives um and, and like when he drives it can honestly kind of look like he's wearing roller skates that are on backwards like he's this graceful player moving in the open court off the ball all this and then 
he gets the ball on a attacking a closeout, and it's just like, okay, he's got no plan here. It's like Patrick Patterson stuff. Just like, all right, I have the ball. I got to do something. But uh, where's this going? Who's to say? Danny Green also comes to mind for his attacking of closeouts. And look, maybe that's not so much of a problem on a Raptors team that in the post-Nick Nurse era, you would think is going to go with hopefully a more structured offense. As we kind of talked about yesterday, the European influences they seem to be kind of leaning towards, Kenny Atkinson as well, um, sort of have been part of, has been part of really sort of beautiful, sophisticated offenses that aren't just predicated on read and react and guys making stuff happen with the ball. And so perhaps a little more structure to amplify the strengths of Koulibaly and not sort of put him in position where he's forced to make decisions because that's just the way the offense flows. Maybe that's a way to sort of cut that part out of his game until it's more developed. But uh, either way, you're an NBA player, you're standing and shooting threes, you're going to have to learn to attack a closeout at some point. And right now, that's not really a thing that Koulibaly offers. You know, at the same time, there are flashes, and he'll have some drives where it's really beautiful and graceful. He'll go up, he'll finish through contact, he'll, you know, have these sort of tough off-balance finishes. He'll even throw the odd, like, beautiful kick-out pass when the defense slides over to wall him off. There's some stuff there. There's pops within the sort of two-and-a-half-hour smash cut of all the film where it's like, oh, if you can do that more, then this is a different conversation. But to me... It is a very raw offensive game, and the Raptors have a million players of this size, of this sort of build and mold. It's what they're hoping Precious Achua can become, and he's like their fourth best player of this ilk. Uh, fifth best, maybe? I don't know. And so adding another guy who kind of adds to the clutter, maybe there's a trade that's forthcoming that's going to remove some of that clutter and make it so there's more of a pathway for Koulibaly, but... I just, I'm not super into the idea of adding more to the long, projectable, offense-light wings that the Raptors already have in the door. And so, for me, that's why I end up kind of hoping that he's a, probably taken before the Raptors, honestly, to take the decision out of their hands. Because truthfully, if I'm the Raptors, and he falls there to 13, and I'm sitting there looking at him versus some guard... I, I, I totally get why they would be compelled to want to go for Koulibaly here. There's a lot to like. I really hope that instead he goes a little higher in the draft and the Raptors can just get someone who addresses what they badly need on this roster. And not it's not even just that it's a need right now. It's going to be a need long term. Shooting don't go out of style. Guard play don't go out of style. And having those things to compliment Scotty Barnes, who doesn't shoot a ton right now, to compliment Jakob Pertl, who if you retain him is going to be a non-shooting center... I would like someone who projects as a longer-term, better fit next to those guys. As much as I still think there's a world in which Koulibaly fits on this team, I think a guard-shooter type, Kobe Bufkin, continues to come to mind as my favorite guy in this range. Uh, that's kind of what I'd like to see a little bit more from the Raptors here. And so, as much as I'm very understanding of the rise Koulibaly is going through right now in the draft you know, sphere... Probably not for me if I'm the Raptors drafting at 13. We'll get into, uh, on the other side, a quick clip from an episode of the podcast from a few weeks back. The everydayers will have already heard it, but if you haven't heard it, Raphael Barlow was on the show kind of digging into the reasons why Bilal Koulibaly is as Raptors-y as a potential draft pick as they get, and uh, the reasons kind of why he's gone through this meteoric rise. We will also get into where he kind of ranks on my personal big board of what I'd like to see the Raptors do at number 13. Before we get into that, however, got to tell you about our good buddies over at Prize Picks. 
which has made daily fantasy sports super fun, super easy, very accessible, and uh, you know, again, mo- most most importantly, fun. Most of the time, when I've dabbled in daily fantasy, you get you you just like it's not super enjoyable. This isn't a great user interface. Maybe I'm up against some weird sort of projection system where it's me against some other team that some experts put together. Not what I want to be doing. At Prize Picks, all you got to do is pick two to six players, and whether they will get more or less than their projection for a given stat in the given game that night. And if you get all six right, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And it's not just basketball. You can go literally any sport under the sun. If it's on television somewhere in the world, you can have it be part of your prize picks entry, whether it's basketball, football, the soccer, the WNBA, you got NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, Euro basketball, cricket, women's hockey. It's all in there. Go check it out. And uh, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Super easy to use. And you get safe and fast withdrawals. And they're currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada, except for Ontario at the moment. Every other province, though, you're good to go. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. Sign up and play Daily Fantasy Sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100 bucks, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit 50 bucks, Prize Picks will give you 50 bucks. They're just going to match whatever you put in. So go put in that hundo and they will match it with 100 bucks when you use the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to that $100. Go check them out at Prize Picks. All right, rounding out the show here, Sean Woodley along. You know that. This is far into the show if you do not know my name. Uh, either way, uh, we're going to finish off our, our chat here about Bilal Koulibaly. I want to play a clip from a recent episode of Lockdown Raptors where we had Raphael Barlow, our pal from uh, Lockdown NBA Big Board. Go subscribe to his Substack, by the way. It's fantastic. Cannot recommend it enough if you're looking for draft stuff. Also, listening to Lockdown NBA Big Board. He talked about Bilal Koulibaly today, so go check it out. But here is Raphael from a few weeks back digging into why Bilal Koulibaly strikes him as a particularly Raptors-y pick. I would say Bilal Koulibaly. Mm-hmm. Yama's teammate in France. <laughs> and he's someone that I watched last January at a, a game in, in France. They have this called the Espars League, and it's like an under-21 league. It's almost like the JV basketball. Like the, the senior team plays at – the games start late over there, but the senior team plays at 8 o'clock, and the under-21 league is at like 5 o'clock. It's like a high school game. <laughs> and uh, I was at a game, and I saw Bilal play last year and I thought okay wow this, this he's showing some stuff I mean he was long athletic he looked really really young and I thought okay well this is a guy two years from now you know he, he could be someone that's on NBA radars fast forward to last summer he had a pretty good summer with the French national team the under 18 team not crazy numbers I want to say he averaged about seven points a game but he just showed like major major improvement mm. Fast forward again. I go to <laughs> to Paris in late September, and I watch him at the under twenty one league. And he's a totally different player. He looks more confident. He's, I mean, he's longer. He's his athleticism seems better. He's blocking three pointers. He's finishing in transition. And now I'm like, okay, you know what? Twenty twenty four. This is someone to pay attention <laughs> to. His first round pick. So they had the Wimbayama Scoot Showcase in Vegas. He played a little bit of minutes here and there, looked absolutely lost. Didn't, I mean, people probably don't even remember him getting in the game. Then he, again, he starts to play well. There's some injuries, and now he's forced to play with the senior team. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he had multiple games of 
double figures. He's cutting. He's, you know, finishing, filling the lane in transition. But he is just a smooth, coordinated, fluid athlete. Seven two wingspan, six two, and it's just his trajectory and how much he's improved over the last twelve months makes him really intriguing. And I'm friends with his agent, and you know, all I guess maybe like the last two months, I'm like, hey, is Bilal coming out? He's like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. He's like, it's tough because 2024 is considered a weak class, and I think mm-hmm. if he stays in Europe, then he can develop into a lottery pick for 2024. But then he just keeps having these double-figure games. And, of course, the whole scouting world is watching Wimbayama. But you can't help but notice that Bilal is, is, is playing a major role on the team that is either in first or second place, give or take a, a game or two. And he's playing well. And, and so he's actually shooting the ball a lot better than people expected. I know according to Synergy, and you know their stats may be a little bit off, but he was shooting 43% from three. And he's just been efficient all over except at the free throw line and so um, i've had a friend tell me that that's an agent and what he said to me he said about a year ago it made sense he was like you know most general managers or decision makers are going to go with the consensus because if that player doesn't pan out then every other general manager would have made the same mistake mm-hmm. and they said there's only a few and, and Masai was an name he mentioned that has the the guts to take a chance on a guy that is against the consensus and is not afraid to fail that if that guy doesn't pan out. So with that being said, Bilal is a Toronto Raptors pick <laughs> all the way. Yeah, the Raptors are taking Bilal Kulabali if he's there, aren't they? Uh, it's just happening. Uh, thanks again to Raphael. We'll have him on again, hopefully, in the next couple weeks here before the draft. But, yeah, the idea of Masai kind of having the security, obviously, you know, I feel like that's maybe a little bit more tenuous now than it was maybe a year ago. I also don't think Masai Ujiri is anywhere close to getting moved on from by the Toronto Raptors. And so, yeah. He is the kind of guy who has the history of not going with consensus, of going with the player he thinks is going to become the best. And a lot of the time it works out. Scotty Barnes, a wonderful example of this. Pascal Siakam, like nobody had heard of this dude at 27. I was still clamoring for Deontay Davis when he gets picked at 27. Uh, You know, the Raptors don't care what the consensus is. They will take their internal knowledge and go with it. That said, I, I, I just... This one, considering the state of the Raptors right now, considering what they need on this roster, it feels like it would be like a little bit too much of like a heat check on this type of player for the Raptors to go with Koulibaly. And look, there's a very little chance that he's going to be there at 13 at this point, considering how things are tracking. I mentioned the Jazz have been thrown around by Raphael and his reporting as a team. It might be in on Koulibaly at nine, thinking they can snag a point guard at 16 when they draft again. Uh, The Thunder... Love to draft themselves a project, especially a project at a position where they don't really have one right now, right? Yes, they have Jalen Williams. He's more of a backcourt partner, it seems, for Shea gildas Alexander. You throw Koulibaly in there as the three alongside your Chet Holmgrens and, uh, you know, whoever else. They have other good players on that team, too, and I hate it. Uh, <laughs> like, it's that team could be a problem, and, and, and maybe they go for a Koulibaly there as someone to help make them more of a problem down the line as they continue the slow play with this thing. Um, with that said, if he does go ahead of the Raptors, this benefits the Raptors as far as like my own personal, you know, wants and needs for the Raptors and that 
If the Jazz don't take a guard at nine, that is one other guard who's going to be available on the board, presumably when the Raptors pick. The Magic are at 11. They could go guard for sure, but also they love to draft long dudes who don't shoot. They're like proto-Raptors when it comes to that. Um, maybe even like a more successful version of the Raptors when it comes to that. If you go like grand scheme of things, I don't know. That's that's a that's a debate for another day. Um, that probably not. They keep on being really bad every year. But either way, like they've they, they could totally go for a guard there. They also have Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony. Maybe they just want to roll those guys. Maybe they want to go sign Fred Van Vliet. Maybe they don't want a guard at all. And they are, you know, sort of going at a different position here. You know, Grady Dick, I think, has been mocked to them at 11 quite a bit just because, boy, does that team need shooting. And Grady Dick brings shooting. And so with that said, like, does this mean Kaysen Wallace is available for the Raptors at 13? Does this mean Kobe Bufkin's more likely to slip through to 13 and not slide? Does this mean Anthony Black, who we haven't talked about yet and will, uh, ends up sliding? You know, it's tough to say. There was also a report yesterday about Kaysen Wallace, that uh, he is no longer taking any more draft workouts. Apparently, he's only worked out with the Wizards, who pick 8th, and the Raptors at 13th. So maybe Kaysen Wallace is out of the cards. If he's going to go 8 to Washington, maybe there's a promise there. Who's to say? Um, but either way, you know, there's going to be one extra player who was projected to be in that top 13 who will not be if Bilal Koulibaly jumps up in there. And that could benefit the Raptors and just kind of make them more spoiled for choice at 13 when it comes to who they might take, whether it's Jordan Hawkins, Keontae George, uh, you know, obviously, you know, my, my feelings are Kobe Bufkin's the dude, um, but it's tough. It, it, it's, uh, Koulibaly throws a wrench into a whole, the whole of draft night. He could go higher, he could go to the Raptors at 13 and, you know, just kind of confuse an already confusing roster picture even more. He's certainly the kind of like the wild card who could flip the draft and make this a lot more interesting and a lot more sort of unpredictable when it comes to who will be there for the Raptors at 13 or who they take at 13. If he's there, he could totally be the guy. Like he, just every box that the Raptors have historically gone for is ticked, it seems, by Bilal Koulibaly. So we'll leave it there. Let us know in the comments what you think about Koulibaly, where he kind of ranks for you. For me, I think at the moment, he's kind of on the level with Keontae George for me, which is like not my first choice, but if he's like the best guy there at 13, then I could totally be fine with it. Um, I, I'm still Kobe Bufkin is my number one case Wallace, Jordan Hawkins, and that sort of next tier. um, Hawkins may be skewing a little closer to the top of it just because of the shooting and the sort of pedigree that he brings. But you know, I don't think you'll be mad long-term with Bilal Koulibaly. If he's drafted by the Raptors, he, they have a successful track record of developing this type of player. Um, OG Ananobi being that tr successful track record, but also just guard play. Please, just some guard play. I, all I just want to watch is a guard who can dribble and like handle the ball and run a pick and roll and make it so Fred Van Vliet doesn't have to play 42 minutes a game just so you can have that skill on the floor somewhere. That's all I want. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in as uh, we will continue with the draft stuff as we carry on through this week. We're going to talk about Anthony Black. We're going to talk about Nick Smith. We'll probably talk about Leonard Miller at some point. Uh, lots of guys who could be con part of the conversation for the Raptors at 13. It's a fun part of the draft for them to be in. I'm really enjoying. There's just like a lot of different ways they could go, and a lot of guys who present, uh, I think, pretty big upgrades on skills that the Raptors badly lack right now. So 
We're not done with the draft stuff by any means. Go listen to the previous episodes. They're actually all on a playlist if you want to go to the YouTube channel and just go to the playlist of all of our draft profiles. Kobe Bufkin, Kaysen Wallace, Jordan Hawkins, Keontae George, now Bilal Koulibaly. we got more guys coming up as well. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for the support of the show. Please subscribe, follow, rate, review for free wherever you get your podcast. Join the Lockdown Raptors Discord to keep the draft talk going. The link is in the description of the podcast. And we will be back again on Wednesday as we dive into, let's decide right now, shall we? Anthony Black. That's who we're talking about tomorrow. We'll get to it then. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye-bye.